I'm being Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I'm sorry. Um, we all know that you'd be a Miami Dolphins fan, right? Whatever. Man, so they are stoked. Uh, Andreas has been texting back and forth for several weeks, and he said, I'm praying for a God-awesome morning. A vertical, he texted me that this morning. Um, and then, and he said, let's go. It's going to be a great day. I don't know. I just, that's what he shared with me. But we are super stoked to have them come be a part of the family here, and I think God's going to do some great things through them, with them, with us all together, advancing the gospel for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amen? Um, hey, so this morning... We kick in, we jump back into this um, label maker series where we've been walking through. Uh, we actually wrap up the series next week. You don't want to miss that conversation. Uh, but if you have missed any of those conversations we walked through this series, I want to encourage you to go to our podcast. I don't know if you know if we have a podcast, it's free to download, free to listen to, free to share. But if you ever miss a Sunday, you can go find it. Uh, we post it on our Facebook every every Sunday or every Monday morning, or you can subscribe to it and get it automatically to your phone. Um, but it's kind of a way we can continue to reach people with the, the message of hope through the scriptures of God that he has given us. Um, but in this series, Label Maker, what we've been doing is in walking through this idea that, you know, labels have been placed on us in life. And I think we kicked this off all on Easter. And we all agree that we all have been labeled one way or another. Like it or not, we have been labeled by people, by people who, who are close to us, people who don't know who we are, or people who just heard something about us or saw us, and they placed a label on us telling us who we are, what we can do, or what we cannot do in life. And as we walk through this series, we're realizing that these labels in our lives can be pretty damaging. Um, see, when, when we're told who we are long enough, when we have been placed, the label has been placed on us to tell us that this is a certain way that you have to live consistently enough, what happens is we start believing the lie of the label. When people say this is who we are, when people say this is all you can do, or that's what you look like, and that's who you always will be, we start believing the lie of the label. We feel like that as far as we can go, this is all we can do. These are the cards that have been dealt to us, and that has been pretty damaging to a lot of us in this room. And so what we've been doing in this series is we've been taking these labels that have been defining us, taking these labels that have been holding us back or pushing us down and bringing them before the ultimate, ultimate label maker himself, God, revealing that we are who he says we are. I don't care what any label anybody puts on you in life, we are who God says we are. So today, we're going to step into another label. And it's a label that sits on the lives of so many of us in this room. It's a label that some of us don't realize that it's there. It's a label that many of us know that's there. We just don't want to acknowledge that it's there. And we would just love for that label to go away. And it's a label of being lonely. Many of us in this room are lonely. So we are L O. And come on, remember the first week, I need your help with this, right? Uh, look at the screen. Genius, genius. Lonely. We're lonely. Loneliness plagues the lives of too many of God's people, too many of people and them alone. 
Those are labels that come from multiple directions. Lonely just hits us from multiple directions. It cuts us at multiple times in our lives. You know, we are lonely because we don't have close friends. We are lonely because we don't have family that are close to us. We're lonely because we have been rejected by others. Or we're lonely because we refuse to open up and let people in our lives. And loneliness is a label that does not discriminate. Loneliness doesn't discriminate by gender. It doesn't discriminate by age. It doesn't discriminate by generation. It doesn't discriminate by social class. Loneliness hits us all. And over the years, many of us have become really, really good at hiding it. You know, in our social media, we, in our social media, we are overflowing with friends and followers and Twitters. I don't know what you call those people. But deep down, we walk through life feeling like there's just something missing. Let me see if I can explain this, what loneliness feels like. You know, growing up, um, growing up, I grew up in a small town, and it was, uh, had this neighborhood that had all these kids. Man, there was kids all over our neighborhood in our town. Um, and our block alone, there was the Clarks, were right here. Yay, Clarks, right? Four houses, three houses down were the Rollisons, and then there were the Ikes. You round the corner and you go to the Butters. There, these guys are my buddies. And then right next to them were the Brocks, and then you had the Johnsons, then you had the Boyces, and then you had the Bastions up here. So this whole block, there was kids all over the place. It was an amazing time for me to grow up. The Rollisons sometimes would have these friends stop by, friends of the family. And every once in a while when they would come, and one of the, one of the people that would come with them was this really pretty girl named Nikki, right? Every time that Nikki was visiting my neighbors, I would make sure that I was outside. Why? Because I wanted to see Nikki, and I wanted Nikki to see me. And eventually... What would happen is we'd see all these kids and kids like, oh, there's more kids. And we'd come together and we'd play and we'd hang out. And every single time I'm thinking, man, I am the man. I've got this whole thing figured out. I'm like the little kid version of Fonz. You have to be old to understand that, okay? Or older, I'm sorry if I offended you there. Um, Everything, everything was playing out great. It was absolutely wonderful until... And so one day, all of us, same thing, I went outside, she was there, we all gathered together, we started playing this game called Chase. Is anybody familiar with that game? It's kind of like hide and seek, but you don't hide, you just run all over the place. Kids have all this energy and all you do is run, run, run. I don't get it anymore, right? And we're running all over the place. And we would go from uh, the boys' yard up here, which they didn't like us playing in the yard, but we did anyways. And then we went all the way down to the Ikes, and we would have all these kids, and we'd be running and playing chase. And if you got tagged, you're part of the group, and you chase everybody around. So I remember my next, my next door neighbor right there, right next down the road from us, I was running around the house, and then I just stepped in this big, huge pile of dog poop. I'm just standing there, and it was gross. It was all over my shoe, and it smelled 
horrible. Oh, my gosh. I can, I can sleep better now. Right? So I'm just standing there with my foot in this big pile of dog poop. And wouldn't you know who comes around the corner next? Nikki. Right? I couldn't hide it. I couldn't, like, you know, do anything like that. There's no way to, to, she could just see it. You know what she did? She pointed and started laughing. <laughs> and I'm just standing here feeling mortified. Like, oh my gosh, this is a girl I'm trying to make a press. I got my best game going on at 12 years old. And, you know, and it's all falling apart. And then all the rest of them came along. And I'm just standing there and they're laughing and pointing. And before you know it, I went from being one of the gang to someone that no one wanted to be around. They just laughed and pointed and they ran the other direction. And I remember walking back to my porch and just trying to wipe the whole thing off. But I put my head down because I was alone. No one wanted to be with me. You know how kids are? It felt absolutely horrible. That's what it feels like to be lonely. And maybe that's how many of you walked in this morning. You were walking through life, sitting on the porch of life, really wanting to engage. But it's just not happening. On the outside, it kind of looks like everything is okay, like if you have it all together, but the inside, man, is so far from the truth. At some point in your life, you have been rejected, you have been made fun of. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're, you don't have close family. Or you don't have people that you call close friends in your life. Or maybe you just because you've been hurt at some point, you fail to re-engage and bring people in or let people in your life. Refuse to do to, and you're lonely. And for whatever reason, you're finding yourself with that label this morning, I wanna share with you, all of you, and even those who are watching online, it's, it's not a label that was ever meant for you. You were never created to be alone. One of our core values as a church is that you can't do life alone. And our core values are our pillars to live out our mission of making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. We are never meant to be alone. There's a God who loves you, that desires to peel that label of loneliness off your life and replace it with a very, very simple but powerful label of love. And this morning, I want to share with you just how that happens. So when you walk out those doors and face the rest of your life, you know that you don't have to be alone, that you're not alone, but you are loved. And that love brings a family. Let's get into this. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, we'll be starting at verse 3. 
Bibles or your Bible app. I don't know if you have them with you today, but if you don't have a Bible, you don't have a Bible app, let's get you hooked up at the end of the day. Uh, but this morning, I just, you know me, I like to have a little bit of fun. So if you, whatever you have with you that you're reading God's word this morning, a Bible or Bible app, would you do me a favor? Will you just hold it up? Bible or Bible app, whatever you do, hold it up or you're reading God's word on. And what we're going to do is we're going to shout word. Ready? All right, one, two, three, word. This is the reason I shout that. I want us to remember this because this is God's word. Do it again. Hold it up. Word. It's his life manual, how he created you to live. And he's preserved it. He kept it for a reason. Why? So we can learn who God is and we can learn how much he loves us. And how he sent his son for us. We can't know God if we don't read his word. We can't know how God has called us to live unless we read his word. This is the word of God. And this morning we're going to open up and have a conversation with God about what this loneliness label needs, how it needs to leave us, and how he does that through his son. So hopefully you're there, Ephesians chapter 1. The book of Ephesians was written by a Jesus follower named Paul. Paul lived this life to tell everyone that Jesus changes everything. He was sharing with as many people as possible. God had called them to share the gospel of hope. And part of that change that Jesus brings into our life, where people are walking around this world, said that they were never meant to be alone. People who are separated from others around him. He says, I want you to know that you were loved and you belong to someone and a group of people that is so much greater as followers of Jesus Christ. And this morning, we're going to have a, a few verses conversation with God and Paul, and we're going to, God's going to reveal how that takes place. Look at verse 3 of chapter 1. It says, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us from the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, accordance to the pleasure, his pleasure and will. Let's just stop right there. Those three verses, three, four, and five, are life-changing words. Why? Because they're revealing this is a life-changing identity. That God called us to himself. That he loves us so much. That he brought us into his family. God. You know, there's, people have a very, very different idea who God is even inside the church. Some say God is a judgmental guy in the sky, that all he wants to do is make us feel bad and guilty for things, how we're living. Others believe that God is some kind of distant deity, right? He created everything, went and did his own thing, but he just comes back and smacks us around a little bit every once in a while to keep us in line. But Paul starts off these verses telling something radically different. That God is a father. That God is a father who blesses us. God is a father who blesses us and loves us. 
that he is a father who blesses us, loves us, who brings us into his loving family, and that is all done with great pleasure to him. Have you ever thought about God in that way? That he's your father, that he loves you, and he wants to bless you with every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. And some this morning, are you having a hard time grasping that truth? Because maybe you've, you've never had a father in your life. Or you've had a father in your life, but they never were a loving father. Someone who blessed you. Or others would be a part of a family, let alone something that felt like it was a pleasure to be a part of. Because maybe you were felt like you are always a pain in the way. As you felt like you're on the outside looking in. And maybe this whole thing about a loving father sounds too good to be true for you. See, Paul, when he was writing this, originally understood what these people he was writing to was going through. See, back in the first century, the Greek culture, the father had the power of life and death when it came to his children. Greeks were all about perfecting themselves, and there was no room for a subpar child. There was no room with a child of defect, and there was no room for a child of weakness. So when a baby was born, the child would be brought before the father, and at that moment, he had the power and the authority to either accept the child as his own or reject it. And what they would do is when they rejected it, they would be put outside their house or their hut or whatever that they lived, and that child would either die or would be picked up and sold into slavery. So the, Paul, the message that Paul was sharing with these Greek believers that there was a loving God was absolutely radical to them. To a people that were rejected by the family they were probably a part of. People that now that they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior were probably rejected by their own community because being a follower of Jesus in the first century was not easy. You think today is tough. It fails in comparison to what it was like in the first century to be a follower of Jesus. Sometimes it meant death. So to hear that there was a God who loved them, who chose them, that when they were rejected by others, set outside to die, who desired to bring them into his loving arms and hold them tight was crazy. But that's exactly who God is. And that's exactly what he did for them and exactly what desires for everyone in this room for your life. See, in your life, it's not about who rejected you. It's all about who accepted you. So you may be looking in the outside, looking in and saying, oh, come on, come on. It's not about those who pushed you away. It's all about the one who brought you in. Our identity has nothing to do with those in this world who have pushed us out or rejected us. Our identity in this world has everything to do with the one who accepted us, the one who loves us, the one who brought us into his family. That's the absolute truth. 
Every single one of us in this room has been pushed away by someone at some point in our lives that you don't belong to this group. You don't look the right way. You don't dress the right way. You have poop on your shoes, right? All of us have been walked through that in our lives. It has nothing to do with them. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything about the God who created everything, who created us, who loved us. We just read some life-changing scriptures. And sometimes I think that we go through the Bible and we're reading, we miss the personalization of Scripture in our own lives. There's times when I, when I read Scripture, I like to stop and insert myself into the story. I, I like to move past this thought that it was written to a bunch of believers back in the first century and single it down and realize that this word of God was written to this believer. That God is speaking to me. And then what I would do is every time that I would see we or us, I would start inserting I and me. And like, a, God is speaking to me. So let me reread this in, in a different translation. It's called, in the NLT. You can see it on the screen. And it says in verse 4, Even before he made the world, God loved me. He chose me in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt me into his own family by bringing me to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Man, oh man. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to read this together, church. All right, let's start at verse 4. Even before he made the world, God loved and chose in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt into his own family by bringing to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Come on. How'd that feel, church? Pretty amazing. Your father in heaven has an infinite heart, meaning his love for you has no limits. As a child of God, there is nothing you can do to make God love you more. He is sold out and just loves you. There's nothing that can change that. You don't have to feel like you have to perform a certain way, a certain standard to receive his love. He loves you. It's not based on what you can do. It's based on what Jesus did. But unfortunately, we try to find our acceptance in everything except for the one who created us and who loves us. We talked about that last week, the three wells of self, others, in the world. And where too many of us right now are sitting on the porch of life with poop on our shoes, <laughs> looking in, wanting in, afraid to move in, feeling all alone, separated, isolated, Friendless, familyless, and we feel that it's the only label that we can ever 
have. That there's nothing else. This is my life. And I'm here to tell you, friends, corner God's word, that is so far from the truth. I mean, look at verse 7. He says, look at verse 7. It says, in him we have redemption. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. And here's the basis of this whole thing. Redemption moves us from lonely to loved. Let me say it again. Redemption moves, moves you from lonely to loved. This is it. So far, we've been talking about what I shared with you, what it looks like when the label is changed. This is how the label is changed. If we miss this, we will always be on the outside looking in because redemption happens when we're in Christ. Jesus changes everything. Just the other day, I was up in Menards and I was returning some S-hooks that I bought that didn't fit. Cost me more to drive there and back than and I got my money back. But I walked in, I walked up to the customer service center and I said, hey man, there's a young guy working. I said, hey man, how are you doing today? You know what he said to me? This broke my heart. He said, I'm, I'm existing. You're existing? Yeah, I'm existing. I said, I don't know, but there's more to life than existing. Man, I would love you to join me at church this Sunday here about how much you were loved. Tell me that's not real. Redemption moves you from being lonely to loved. To be redeemed simply means to be bought back. To redeem means to be, says that the price was paid. What verse 7 is telling us is that Jesus Christ paid the price for our sin by his shed blood on the cross, that he lived and that he died and he conquered the grave and rose again for you and for me. And that in our faith in him, that we surrender our life and we receive forgiveness for our sins and we move from the outside being lonely, looking in the inside, we've been loving arms and he is embracing us. And when you do that, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are never alone. God is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. His Holy Spirit resides in you. He is always there and always present, walking with you. You are not alone. And when you feel like you are, Maybe it's just time to stop and say out loud, even before God made the world, he loved me, he chose me through his son, Jesus Christ, to be his son, his daughter. You know, your earthly father may have rejected you, your heavenly father who has given his son with you as saying, welcome to the family. about this loving God and you're thinking, okay, maybe this is not enough. Well, with God comes the family, comes the church. 
You're not alone because you have this crazy, crazy family that expands. I can't even tell you how many zip codes around the world. You're not alone. You're not alone. Rejected by the world, accepted by God. That is who you are in Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe this will show you a little bit, see it a little bit differently. Look at this picture in the wall, this painting. This looks like a hot mess. Now, I'm not an artist. And if I'm being honest, I really don't have appreciation for art. So for me, this looks like a second grader got left unattended, right? There's paints in a room and then we had a problem. However, I don't know if you can see it, but if you look at the very bottom, you can't see it's really small. I'm gonna walk away. It's right there in the center and the bottom. It has the artist's name written right on it. And if you look at very... In the very top, in the right-hand corner, you start seeing some handprints. See, this painting was actually created and painted by a guy named Jackson Pollock. And Pollock in the art community is highly known. And what I look at and I see junk, I see worthless, something that means tossed out and left to be alone is actually is a piece of art that's worth several million dollars. Has his name on it. And it has his handprints on it. And that's how it is with God and with you. Because you were made in his image. He has his signature on your life. He has his hands all over you, created you, fashioned you, molded you, and he brought you into his family through his son. You are infinitely valuable to him. Why? Because he loves you. You are not alone. You are made a part of his family. Today, for the rest of your life. Because we have been labeled, because we have been rejected, because we felt isolated, we don't look at ourselves like a masterpiece. We don't look at ourselves with his signature. We don't look at ourselves with his hands in our lives. But it's time to change. God created you. He loves you. You're not alone. You are his in Jesus Christ. It's not about who rejected you. It's all about the one who accepted you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. God, today we just want to praise you and thank you for Jesus. That you loved us so much 
that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins and conquer the grave. That in our faith poured out and surrendering our lives to you, we go from being the outside into this amazing family that I can't fully comprehend. But every time that I feel, Lord, that I'm walking alone, that I feel friendless, I know I have you, that you are my strength, you are my comforter, you remove my anxiety and my fear. I am not alone. And I, that's the truth for the whole church, Lord. They are not alone. And I pray this morning as we reveal the truth that, that, that you have peeled that label off their life. And then you keep on revealing every single minute of this day and even tomorrow and the rest of this week that they realize how much they are loved in you. Regardless of what people have said, regardless of what people have done or how life has gone, that you are present. Right now, I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. And maybe this is a label this morning that you need help with. Help with talking to someone, being prayed with, prayed over. I want to encourage you to come up after service to do just that. I have no idea what, what you're experiencing when you walk out those doors. But I know there's people right up front who want to love on you right now. There's power in prayer as you talk to the, the one and only who loves you the most. God, we thank you. We thank you that you're the ultimate label maker, that we are who you say we are, regardless of what happens in this world. And it's in your son's name we praise. Amen. God bless church. Have an amazing week.